Well, 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 welcome back to the Whole Healing Podcast, friends. We are in season two. We survived the first whole season. And you know what? We at, we went into this shit with a bang. I gotta say, we had Natasha Trenev, we had Aaron Orsini, we talked about psychedelics for mental health, we talked about the gut, we, we talked about so many baller-ass things on season one of this podcast. I am so proud of what this thing is becoming. Um, and so that being said, season two is going to be a whole new deal and it's going to be even better. And this is why, because I think what we're doing and what we've realized we need to do is take head on these controversial topics. You know, I think it was the carnivore versus vegan podcast that really, that really set the tone for this season two of the whole healing. We're starting off this entire season with episode one today talking about dietary cholesterol, how physicians really don't make recommendations all the time according to what is in the literature based off of nutrition and and blood markers, um, as well as just, you know, the food product industry and its influence on all this altogether. So this whole season uh, is going to be about those controversial topics and why we really need to have more of these conversations via podcast and everywhere else when it comes to accurate nutrition information. I hope you enjoy all of the love. Thank you guys for listening. This audio, I promise, is going to be so much more leveled and reasonable. (laughs) So thank you for staying tuned and being patient with me as I learn how to adjust all of these channels in the audio and dub levels. Hope you enjoy this episode. All of the love. The Whole Healing Podcast. Healing through nutrition by connecting your mind, body, and food. You guys, I am so excited about this topic. I've got seven research articles pulled up. I am like ready to rock. Like, give it, you know, give it to me. Cause like, this is like probably the mm. most important topic that I, I I talk to clients about right now, because I cannot tell you, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way. I have everybody that says I'm coming to you because my cholesterol is high and I don't want to take statins. And I'm like, do you really need to take a statin if your cholesterol is high? Because your physician doesn't know it, but like, there's very little research that indicates increased risk for heart disease, according to your cholesterol. Like people just don't know it. And when I talk with cardiologists, they, they understand it, but, but general practitioners don't. And so they just keep prescribing statins. Statins and statins mess with your body. Like they are pretty darn aggressive of a medication. And I just don't think that people need to be on it. You know what I mean? Agreed. Absolutely. Also statins, I recently found out over a trillion dollar industry. And so you have to factor that in too, right? You know, you know, there's influence in that world. That's, that's on in the side, but it's pretty wild. Um, Yeah. I, I think, I think there are a lot of people, a lot of physicians even are kind of stuck in old science that's not really not that valid when you really look at the the data there i think the classic one that probably most people know about if you're into this uh this topic that seven countries study um that was in the the 60s and that i think that actually apparently like kick-started the whole fear of fat fear of cholesterol wait talk to me me about the study what happens in the study Yeah, they, you know, they, it's large population observational data. And they, so what's interesting is that, and I actually learned about this in statistics class and how it was an example of bad research because 
it was so skewed. So it, they, they looked at um, 22 countries, all right, and just general big correlations between heart disease and blood lipids. Um, but the researcher, Dr. Keyes, he, he cherry picked data. So he put, he pulled out like seven of the 22 countries and found some correlations there that, you know, uh, blood cholesterol uh, was directly or way, you know, linked related to risk of cardiovascular disease, heart disease, this coronary is, disease. This is Ansel Keys, isn't it? Yes. 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 Ansel Keys. So he was a Ansel physician Keys. and he linked cardiovascular disease to cholesterol in these studies. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Back in the day. And he even, um, you know, later I was diving into this, he did ultimately realize his flaws and admit to like, Hey, cholesterol actually probably is not playing as big of a role as we once thought, but in some ways the damage was already done. Like we had, you know, so much of this uh, information was out there um, about, about these links. Um, so yeah, I think that that's like, you know, one thing to start with is, you know, but the, the full fear of fat, saturated fat and, uh, you know, for, for decades um, is not really rooted in good, good science, I think, especially the saturated, you know, fat world. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know where you want to build off of this, but there a lot, a lot of directions we can go. Well, and like the story about Ansel Keys is extremely significant in, in research because I'm pretty sure um, Ansel Keys worked for, um, yeah, he, he worked for the government. And so I think that there's something to be said about all the research that's coming out right now about the food product industry, right? And how there's a 95% conflict of interest with the food product industry and the American Dietetic Association. And also just like the government in general, right? Like the government is commodity based. And so they, 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 com they commoditize, is that the right word? They, you know, they, they have their food commodities. And so what is commodity, what is commodity? Commodized. <laughs> what is commodized in the U.S.? Yeah. It's it's soy and soybean oil. It's wheat. It's food products, right? Like we don't we don't comod we don't we don't have commodities like raspberries or apples. It's food products, and they're mainly high carbohydrate. And so I think that that's really interesting because like the fat got such a bad rep because like there were so many carbohydrate food product companies that were standing to make a lot of money through the U S government and, and their commodities and, and, you know, and, and, and subsidizing money to pay for food in America, um, that would be either imported or, or manufactured in the U S with these, with these food product companies that were just making carbs. That's, that's real. That definitely is. And I, yeah, as, as fat intake went down, you know, the refined carbohydrate intake went up, which is, I think a major uh, culprit to why we haven't really seen any improvements in, cardiovascular disease over decades you know i think that that's that's pretty fascinating so i think that's probably more of a culprit you know insulin resistance uh to cardiovascular disease as opposed to cholesterol right and yeah can, can we talk about how the effect of sugar on triglycerides for a second like there is actually a good marker for increased risk for heart disease is triglycerides not your ldl cholesterol your ldlc but your but your actual triglycerides that's a big one for um, risk of heart disease. And it mainly comes from the intake of sugar and alcohol. That's bad. Yep. Exactly. I, I agree. I agree. I think sugar, right. And small amounts. Okay. But yeah, it's, I think it has way more of a detrimental impact on our cardiovascular health at the end of the day. Yeah. And yeah, you bring up that, you know, the, I mean, just like the whole with LDL, HDL, I, 
you know, and how we love to label good class cholesterol versus bad cholesterol. You know, I, it's that's pretty oversimplified, I think. And, uh, and the actual cholesterol itself, even within and correct me if I'm wrong, Jen, I know you're really in this world, but the cholesterol itself that's within lipoprotein or low density or LDL and the cholesterol that's within HDL is the, it's the same cholesterol. It's just different carriers, right? Mm -hmm. Different like vehicles there. And, and I think like, we can even talk about like, like eggs, right? Like that's what I think about when I think of like cholesterol, because everybody still comes to me like, Hey, my, my doctor said I have to like lower my cholesterol. So I'm not supposed to eat eggs. And I'm like, you do realize that less than 7% of the cholesterol from eggs actually gets converted into serum cholesterol in your body. Right. Exactly. Cholesterol is just, is, is, is a fat, right. And so like, how does your body make cholesterol out of excess energy? And so very, very little energy that comes from fat is, is used in excess unless you're excess overall, right? Because it's a slow form of fuel. Um, you know, you said something, Jack, that made me think because you had mentioned Ansel Keys. And then I went back and, and I have this wonderful research article from JAMA Internal Medicine that talks about Ansel Keys and his contributions, but also Henry Haas in 1954. So Ansel Keys, I think was 1960s, but in mm -hmm. 1954, Henry Haas who was the president of the um, Sugar Research Foundation, said that if carbohydrate industries were to recapture this 20% of the calories in the US diet from reducing dietary fat and replacing it with sugar, um, that it could decrease um, cholesterol levels by 20%. That's crazy. Isn't that insane? <laughs> wow. That's actually insane that he said that. Like, I just am so offended that they were he trying directly to said replace fat with sugar and your cholesterol will go down. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, if you think about it, this is really interesting. If you think about it, like because fat like is higher calorie per gram, if you if you replace you know, a hundred grams of fat with hundred grams of sugar, you will lose weight and your cholesterol will go down because your body's mobilizing more fat cells to, to consume them because you're at a calorie deficit. Mm. But like, do you really want that much insulin, like, um, insulin resistance, um, sugar cravings, um, where, how, like, what else do we want? And inflammation from sugar. Like, I just, I just thought that was like yeah. so manipulative of them to say in the 1950s and sixties. And then you come yeah. into like, the 1970s, fat is bad. If you eat fat, you'll get fat, go low fat diets. Um, and uh -huh. gosh, how far we've come into like the world of keto, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I know. And I feel like we're unfortunately so quick to place labels on certain like food groups and labels on like our health and things like that. And we pinpoint this one area, but I mean, we all know like our health is such a connection and puzzle of all these different pieces. And so, okay, we're looking at cholesterol, but you have to look at so many different components with food. Also lifestyle has an impact, stress, environment, um, that again, we're so quick to say, okay, this foods, ignore eggs, cut out eggs. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many other things to look at. Yeah. I think the one last thing I want to, I want to say about fats is like, you know, there's a lot of lipid research that came out in the eighties that kind of, I feel like didn't really get enough of the credit that it deserved, but it talks about oxidized, um, polyunsaturated fats, right? These highly processed vegetable oils that we're using in deep fat fryers that we're using in salad dressings and mayos, things that are really pro-inflammatory because oils are so fragile. And when we expose them to heat and light, like we do in the pasteurization processes that are required by law in this country, they degrade and go rancid. And so when we consume these rancid, rancid vegetable oils, and then we absorb those through our intestines, they create these things called free radical cascades, which are very volatile. They mutate 
our DNA, they create inflammation and they can turn on and off genes that we don't necessarily want turned on, such as cancer, such as insulin resistance, such as inflammation overall. And so then what happens is when you, when you absorb those free radical volatile compounds into the bloodstream, they create arterial lesions. And just like a scrape on our skin has to heal by scarring, our, our arteries have to heal by scarring. And so instead of having smooth, like pipe blood arteries, we have rough, like sandpaper arteries from a high consumption of vegetable oils that are rancid. Mm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with sunflower oil when it's in a sunflower seed, but, but because these things are so fragile and when we highly process them and they're so rancid now, all of a sudden it's very likely that things like cholesterol and saturated fat gets stuck in this plaque that's formed. That's, mm. that's really just scar tissue on our arteries. So mm. really which lead, think- what you're saying, which could lead to the markers being high, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's very convoluted. Right. But I think we have to look at the whole person. Like, do you have a lifetime of intake of highly processed vegetable and seed oils, things that are very volatile, or do you have a high consumption of whole real foods? Because if that's the case and you just have genetically high cholesterol, that's just cholesterol is just a way that your body transports, transports fat in the body. It's not necessarily bad, but what's your arteries condition? Like, that's what I want to know, because if you have high cholesterol, just because your body is transporting a lot of fat, because you're losing weight, because you have a high metabolism. I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. There are markers like apolipoprotein B and LDL particle size. LDLP is actually a way better marker for heart disease Mm -hmm. because it shows the particle size. And when something's been oxidized by those free radical cascades, by those rancid vegetable oils for a lifetime, those particle sizes enlarge because they're oxidized. Right. And so that's what I'd rather look at, but you have to, but doctors don't know this, like the physicians, primary care have no idea. That's why you have to go to a cardiologist and have these, um, complete LD or complete blood lipid panels done to really see what the risk looks like. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's something that I, you know, didn't even really understand. So like even a year ago, like it, and it, APO B, right. That, that seems to be a more of a clear predictor, I guess, of cardiovascular disease than just LDL, right? Because it takes into account, like, it's like a group, right, of mm-hmm. of lipids within, or yeah, LDL is, is included in there, BLDL, right? So that's stronger predictor than just looking at LDL. Yeah. So I guess at the end of the day, like, you know, eat more healthy fats, right? If, if, if when in doubt, like, if you don't know what your blood artery integrity looks like, eat more um, avocado, whole, you know, raw unsalted nuts and seeds, um, mm-hmm. you know, dare I say eggs, but I, I yeah. think like, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think it, it, you, you had a good point about just like the, the level of process that the food is too. I think saturated fat should 100% belong in a balanced diet, ideally coming from whole real food, real meat, you know, and uh, if we're talking about you know, certain oils that, you know, are, are highly processed, that can lead to the inflammation, which is probably more of a root cause to cardiovascular disease and other preventable illness, most illness. I think that's, that's a big piece of it, just how processed that the food is. But I think all of us will agree that, you know, saturated fat should, should be included, right. shouldn't be uh, avoided, you know, altogether, but um, overall, yeah, unsaturated fat, healthy fat, you know, we're we're pretty deficient in that (laughs) good quality sources. So we, we need, we should probably emphasize that a little bit more too. You're gonna make me cry, Jack. That was beautiful. Thank you. Emily, yeah. I, I, I think I might've interrupted you. I'm sorry. This is like something I'm so passionate about. Oh my gosh. No, I love it. I love it. But no, that's great. And I think also what you can add to, right? Because there's research showing that fiber, right? Different types of fiber helps to excrete excess cholesterol in our body. So we can look at different foods that maybe we, right? 
get in the whole foods, look at like the coconuts, the coconut oils, the meat, and then also amp up your fiber. So now it's like a double-edged sword of, okay, we're having really high quality foods, but then we're also, if we have excess, we're getting fibers in there. We're getting whole grains to help excrete it if um, we have too much. I love that so much. Yeah. Like canned beans, right. Or, or bean, not even canned beans in general have fiber and there's research that shows that eating more beans can help lower cholesterol. I love that. Mm-hmm. And even like healthy unsat- monounsaturated fats, like avocado and nuts and seeds have been shown to raise the good cholesterol, the HDL. So, so yeah, there's, like I said, yeah, like you're saying, there's a lot of good ways to do both things so that if in doubt, you really can create an, inv- an ideal environment for yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you guys. Thank you. This is my, maybe the most important podcast we've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) It's good.